Hi everyone. Um, I just wanted to thank everyone for being here today and listening to uh, my podcast, Puppy Love. Our numbers are growing, which is really great. Um, But I just want to make sure that I, I really do thank all of you for listening when you've got the time, whether it's in your car or, you know, you're sitting at your desk working and kind of breaks up your day a little bit. I I really do appreciate it. So today on Puppy Love, we're going to be talking about vaccinations, um, the importance of vaccinations. And, uh, you know, I often found myself early on owning dogs asking, well, what are they? I mean, I know what vaccinations are. They're supposed to help us, you know, stay safe and healthy. Um, But really and truly, what are they? Um, Who really knows when your dog gets vaccinated and there's all these abbreviations for things, uh, what those vaccinations are and what they do and um, what kind of symptoms the illnesses that your dog is being vaccinated for um, will will appear. Um, I didn't really know for a long time until I started to kind of look into each one. Um, And as a breeder, I try to make sure that my dogs are always healthy. Um, Our dogs just got vaccinated this uh, past month. I try to do it in the fall. So they're pretty much um, in the house or or on the property through the winter. And then when spring comes, I don't have to worry about it that much because I know they've been vaccinated. But it is something that everybody should know. You should know what signs to look for. Uh, I'm I'm on a lot of forums. I don't really comment too much, but I read a lot about, oh, my dog has a fever, or my dog is showing signs of this, or this or that. And um, the first thing I think of is, is your dog vaccinated? Um, To find out that the dog is not vaccinated and now has some sort of illness because it wasn't vaccinated. So we're going to go over the vaccinations. I'm going to try to kind of help you understand what each one is, what each illness is, and what you should be looking for uh, for, for, for the future. So the first one we're going to talk about is Bordetella. Bordetella is highly infectious. It's a bacteria. Um, and it causes fits of coughing, uh, sometimes a whooping cough, type cough. It can cause vomiting, and in rare cases, cases seizures and then death. Uh, it's also known sometimes as kennel cough. Uh, this is a vaccine that can be injected, or there is a nasal spray that you can also have administered by your vet. Uh, often this vaccine is a requirement for any dog or puppy that may be attending um, like a a training class where they're in a group setting, uh, if they're being boarded at all, uh, if they're in a puppy daycare situation, um, because it is so contagious from dog to dog. Uh, I would go even one step further and say that if you regularly visit uh, dog parks where your dog is interacting with other dogs uh, or dog social get-togethers, whether that's a pack walk that you're doing um, or you get together with just your friends, um, you know, in a park or even a yard setting, but the dogs are, are plenty playing and running 
um, that would probably for me be caused to make sure that they get the Bordetello and that they are vaccinated. Um, anytime that your dog may be in close contact with other dogs, it's just best to be sure that they are vaccinated for the Bordetello. The next one is uh, canine distemper. Canine distemper is a very severe and contagious disease that's caused by a virus that attacks the respiratory system, um, the gastrointestinal system, the nervous system. Uh, you can find it in dogs, uh, raccoons, skunks, and other animals. Distemper is a bad one. Um, the distemper virus spreads through airborne exposure, whether that's through sneezing or coughing of infected animals. Now, my dogs don't sneeze or cough. Uh, if they sneeze, it's usually because, you know, I'm, I've got a, uh, I'm burning leaves or something and, you know, there's pollutants in the air of some sort that's upsetting them. But um, we're pretty much in tune with our animals. So if you start to notice that your animal is sneezing uh, or developed a cough, that would probably be my first um, indicator that there might be something wrong. Um, this temper, like I said, is a virus and it usually spreads through shared food bowls and water bowls or um, water watering ponds or things of that nature. So again, uh, anytime you're in a situation with other dogs, uh, maybe bring your own water bowl and source of water so they're not drinking out of the same uh, containers and things uh, that the other dogs are drinking out of or eating out of. Um, distemper causes discharge in their eyes um, it and their nose, you know, so it almost looks like they're kind of weepy a little bit or has a runny nose. Uh, it can cause fever, coughing, vomiting, diarrhea, seizures, uh, and these are all things that you should notice. Um, if your dog has diarrhea and vomiting and kind of lethargic and now, you know, it's having seizures or twitching or has some sort of paralysis, uh, that's a red flag that there's something wrong uh, and you need to immediately take your dog to a vet uh, because if this temper is not treated, it will cause death and often does um, because people just are not necessarily aware um, enough. A normal dog's temperature, um, just everyday healthy dog, normal dog temperature is between 101 and 102 and a half. Uh, if your dog's temperature rises above 104 or below 99, you really should be seeking the advice of your vet and taking them to see the vet. Uh, that will tell you there is something wrong. There is no cure for distemper. If your dog does survive the distemper virus, the virus will be shed over a period of months. So what does that mean? Well, the virus is still in their body for some time as they're eating, drinking, um, sweating, maybe um, it is being sloughed off. So again, uh, if, if you're taking your dog to, to places with other dogs, you could be infecting them. If your dog is drinking out of the same watering um, holes and things like that, that, you know, bowls, buckets, whatever, um, that the other dogs are. So just know that just because your dog might not 
um, be showing any sign signs of them or the symptoms are uh, going away or they're feeling better now does not mean that they are clear of it. Um, it just means that their body has fought it off, but the virus itself is still within them and will be shed over a period of months. So contact with other dogs should really be very limited, um, if not, uh, not allowed at all. Um, the next one is canine hepatitis. Canine hepatitis is another highly contagious viral infection that affects the liver, uh, the kidneys, the spleen, uh, lungs, and eyes of the dog. Symptoms of canine hepatitis range from slight fever and congestion to vomiting, jaundice, stomach enlargement, and abdominal pain. There is no cure uh, for canine hepatitis, but it can be treated by the doctors. So you want to be sure that you are um, one of the signs for me is the, is the jaundice, the yellowing of the eyes, uh, making sure that your that your dog is healthy. If it starts to uh, exhibit signs of hepatitis, canine hepatitis, uh, one of the big things is watching the color of the eyes, and it will change from a white or what is normal to a more yellow color. Sorry, my little Frenchie is next to me, and she's just snorting away over here. She's very cute. Um, canine parafluenza. Um, this is one of the several viruses that can contribute to um, kennel cough. We will talk more about canine parafluenza in just a little bit. The next one is heartworm. And heartworm for me is a very scary thing. Um, I live on a farm where I have other animals. Other animals uh, attract flies and uh, more mosquitoes and um, heartworm is pretty much uh, uh, infectious because of mosquitoes. So when your puppy is between uh, 12 and 16 weeks old, you need to be taking them in for obviously their uh, 12 week and 16 week um, vaccinations. You're gonna wanna consult your vet at that time and start a heartworm preventative. Prevention is key to heartworm, uh, to, to, to the heartworm disease. Um, prevention is a regular administered uh, medication that your veterinarian will prescribe. Whether it's a chewable or an injectable, uh, there's various different kinds of um, prevention for uh, heartworm on the market these days. Heartworm is just that. They are worms that lodge in to the right side of your dog's heart and pulmonary arteries. They can travel to other organs such as the liver and the kidneys and wreak havoc there as well. The worms can show up um, in blood tests um, and so it's really important to not just be on the preventative but then once a year when your dog's vaccinations are due to have the blood test done. The worms themselves can grow up to 14 inches long and they clump together and basically clog the blood supply and block uh, the arteries which cause injuries to other organs, especially the heart. Some symptoms might be coughing, they could become lethargic, they have loss of appetite, 
and of course difficulty breathing since it is uh, in the heart and the pulmonary arteries um, it, it just makes it hard for them to to breathe infected dogs may tire more quickly especially if there's mild exercise most infectious illnesses in dogs are transmitted through urine or feces or other bodily fluids like we talked about um, you know with obviously the uh, distemper and whatnot um, through the saliva and, but heartworm is not one of those that's trans, transmitted um, through those kind of bodily fluids it's transmitted actually by mosquitoes um, a mosquito will bite an infected dog and then the mosquito uh, ingests these young heartworms um, and then goes on to another dog and it just spreads um, it spreads from one dog to another dog through the mosquito bites um, and like I said, a, a blood test needs to be performed to accurately diagnose the, the heartworm. Um, there is preventative. That's your best bet. I know it can get a little expensive, but it is not nearly as expensive as what it would cost once your dog gets the heartworms to have them treated for heartworm. Um, that can be an extremely expensive thing. The next one I want to talk about is leptospirosis. Fun name, not so fun. Uh, so leptospirosis is actually a bacteria um, and some dogs might show no symptoms at all. So the first time I ever heard of this leptospirosis was while I was watching a show, I don't know, on the Discovery Channel or something and it was called Monsters Inside Me. Um, and it was terrifying. Um, this guy was cleaning up his property and came across some, uh, I think it was like raccoon poop or something and uh, somehow got it on his hands and then later on ate something and didn't wash his hands. Or I don't even remember now exactly what it was, but he wound up getting the leptospirosis and uh, it made him very sick. So, um, I know, silly story, but I always remember that because it was like so terrifying that I live on a farm, I have all these animals, we have coyotes and raccoons that you know visit our farm regularly. So it was just something that really kind of stuck with me. Um, but anyway, it is a bacteria. Um, a lot of dogs will show no symptoms at all. Uh, leptospirosis can be found across the world um, and it is usually in the soil and in the water um, you, you don't know what it looks like um, it's just out there um, it is a, what they call a zoonotic disease meaning that it can be spread from animals to people like what happened with the guy in my little episode of monsters inside me um, and when the symptoms do appear, they can include uh, fever and vomiting, um, abdominal pain, diarrhea, loss of appetite, severe weakness, 
and lethargy, stiffness in the joints, uh, sometimes jaundice, uh, muscle pain, infertility, and then kidney failure. Um, so again, I know a lot of these symptoms overlap with a lot of other things, um, but if your dog is showing any multiple signs of these, um, that's a big one. So you need to be mindful of how your dog is behaving. You know, if your dog has diarrhea, it could have just been something that they ate, but if they have diarrhea and they're weak and um, they're not doing much and they're vomiting, okay, all of those together are pretty good symptoms that there's something going on with your dog and you should probably make an appointment to see your vet. Um, antibiotics are an effective treatment for leptospirosis and the sooner they get on it the better because it will start to cause um, other things to fail like liver failure and kidney failure if it's not addressed um, which is what happened to the guy in the monsters inside me he started having issues with his with his liver and and, and whatnot and they just couldn't figure out what it was and eventually they traced it back to the raccoon boop that he was dealing with or whatever. Um, so the, the faster you can get your dog on, onto an antibiotic, the better. The next one is uh, Lyme's disease. So Lyme's disease, um, we all hear about it. It's a mosquito, again, another mosquito-borne uh, and tick-borne, um, I'm sorry, not a mosquito-borne, a tick-borne, uh, disease. So unlike the famous bullseye rash that people get when they're exposed to Lyme's disease um, that they spot, there's really not really a telltale symptom that occurs in dogs. Lyme's disease is an infectious tick-borne disease that's caused by a type of bacteria called spiro... I know I'm going to say it wrong. Spirochete? Spirochet? Um, it's transmitted via ticks um, and then it infects dogs. Infected dogs will start limping, uh, their lymph nodes will get swollen, uh, their temperature will rise, and um, generally they'll probably stop eating. The disease can cause um, and have an effect on the heart, the kidney, um, joints, among other things, and lead to neurological disorders um, if it's left untreated. If diagnosed quickly, and the course of antibiotics is extreme, can be extremely helpful uh, through relapses. Relapses can occur months and years later. So although your dog might be treated for it, with the antibiotics and the antibiotics become helpful, it doesn't mean that it's gone away. It is something that they can have relapses for uh, months and years later, um, just like people. Parvo, 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 parvo. I hear a lot about parvo. I um, am very nervous about parvo, especially because I am a breeder. Um, parvo is highly contagious. Um, it is something that worries me. I really try not to expose our puppies to very much at all, or our dogs that are going to be around the puppies, or ourselves, but the truth is is that we don't know when um, we're exposed to it. Um, but parvo, parvovirus is highly contagious. It is a virus that affects all dogs. 
Um, but unvaccinated dogs and puppies that are less than four months of age are at the highest risk to, the, to contract it. So if you are breeding, if you do have a young puppy, this is something you want to be sure that you are getting vaccinated for. Um, it comes on quickly and really and truly, man, it is, it is a scary one and the treatment for it is scary as well. Um, the virus attacks the gastrointestinal system of the dog or puppy and creates um, a loss of appetite, uh, vomiting, fever, and often severe bloody diarrhea. Um, extreme dehydration can come on rapidly and can kill a dog within 48 to, to 72 hours. Um, that's why it's so scary because you know, we have our adult dogs, we know their behavior, they, we know what to expect from them. We kind of have an idea of when they're not feeling well or when they're happy. But with puppies, it's just so much more difficult. Um, you know, puppies sleep a lot to begin with. So if you're looking for those signs of, you know, them not being very active or them not eating, it, it's really so hard. Um, so extreme dehydration can come on rapidly and kill a dog uh, within 48 to 72 hours. So it's really, really, really important that you get your dog to a vet um, if you are noticing, especially the bloody diarrhea. Um, a dog that is not drinking is an issue. A dog can go, you know, a meal or two or three without eating for whatever reason if they have an upset stomach but most dogs will continue to drink water if you're noticing that your dog is not drinking or your puppy is not nursing that is an issue um, and it's something that you want to address sooner than later because this is a killer it is and it, it can go downhill very quickly there is no cure for parvovirus let me say that again there is no cure for parvovirus. So keeping your dog hydrated and controlling the secondary symptoms can keep him going until his immune system begins to bounce back and kills the virus, um, beats the illness and, and, and takes over the virus. Um, the virus will always be there, um, but there is no cure. So really and truly, the sooner you get your dog to the vet, and the sooner they begin to hydrate your dog and the dog starts to bounce back, usually within about 24 hours. If you catch it early enough, you'll start to notice the dog is bouncing back. Um, it, it, this, is, this is a big one. This is a scary one for me. Um, I've seen whole litters. Um, I've seen whole litters, not my own, thank God. Um, contract the parvovirus and and all of them die one after the other after the other so it is something that you really want to take seriously so a dog that maybe misses a meal or two okay you know it's something to be a little bit concerned about a dog that is not drinking uh, will go down rapidly so you you really need to be paying attention if your dog is not feeling well rabies we all know about rabies. Rabies, you know, you think of, oh, my dog's never been bitten by a raccoon or another animal. Um, 
or you can even think of like the movie Cujo back in the in the 80s um, rabies is out there um, you have to have your dog vaccinated in in the state of Illinois you can either do a one-year vaccination or a three-year vaccination um, I always opt to get the one year only because it keeps me on my toes. I get all the other vaccinations at the same time. Um, it's, I don't know, maybe two or three dollars more to have it done every year instead of saving that two or three dollars or whatever and having the three year. But I figure I gotta take them in anyway. I have other blood work that needs to be done regularly because like I said, I do breed some of my dogs and uh, it just keeps me on my toes. and. Why not get it done when I get all the other testing done um, annually? So rabies. Rabies is a viral disease of mammals that invades the central nervous system, causing headaches, um, anxiety, hallucinations, excessive drooling, um, fear of water. Yeah, I, I was surprised when I saw that fear of water, uh, paralysis, and then eventually death. It is most commonly transmitted through a bite from a rabid animal. So, me, I have seven acres. My dogs are, uh, they have a two acre fenced in area. But on both sides, um, there's woods. And back behind me, there's farm fields. So, yeah, I have cameras out there um, to keep an eye on my animals that live stream. So at any time I can, I can see what the animals are doing and I get alerts on there when there are other animals um, around the pens if there is movement or activity after I I've already put my animals to bed for the night um, I'll get a little alert saying up oh, there's movement so then I check it out and sometimes there's a raccoon um, you know not really in the pen but uh, curious about what's going on in there and where the food is um, so I do get them out here um, the raccoons and other animals skunks and things um, so it is something I have to be aware of. So the rabies vaccine is a, is a big one for me. Um, treatment, uh, treatment of the bite from the rabid animal within hours of in the infection is essential. Um, otherwise, death is highly likely. Um, but you don't always know. Like, I get it. You know, you might be out camping or um, some sort of wilderness trip, have your dog with you. Um, and you know your dog is out and you're sitting by the campfire at night so it's already dark you don't really see what's too what's around you um, if your dog gets bit might let out a little yelp wow um, and you're like oh what was that oh where's you know where's the dog oh the dog comes running back to you because now it's scared it just got bit by something but you don't always see it right away uh, which is a tough one so um, always, you know, when you get those little signs, you're out in the wilderness, you're out camping, uh, there's a possibility of having um, animals around you like raccoons. And I say raccoons because that's when I hear of a rabies, uh, rabies being in an animal, it's usually the raccoons around here, um, which doesn't happen very often, but often enough. Um, so just check your animal over. You know, usually if there's a, if they let out a yelp, that means something is wrong they something hit them something bit them they ran into something um, so just give them a good check over real quick and make sure that nothing bit them because once they are infected it is really important that you seek um, care right away because uh, they begin to go downhill very quickly 
So most states require regular rabies vaccinations. I know here in the state of Illinois, like I said, you can get the one year or the three year. Um, the local uh, animal control uh, agencies that we have, um, you have to send your paperwork in and they kind of keep track of your dog. If you're, if you're not getting them regularly, they will send you notices saying, hey, your dog needs to be vaccinated. And if you don't get your dog vaccinated for rabies after that point, then they usually slap a fine on you. So uh, if you're gonna own a dog, you're gonna have to have the rabies vaccination at least annually. Um, so that's, that's kind of a big one. So make sure you're doing that. So there is um, obviously the puppy vaccination schedule. Um, when puppies are born for the first six to eight weeks or so, um, they really have a lot of mom's milk. They have a lot of mom's um, uh, antibodies and things that they're getting from mom's milk. And um, getting sick is less likely, but there are still a few out there, like the parvovirus, uh, that can hit. So puppy vaccination schedule. So between the weeks of six and eight weeks, the puppy should go in uh, for the distemper and parvovirus. Another optional one is Bordetella, but definitely the distemper and parvovirus. When my pups that I have are about five to six weeks, I get like a pre-vaccination, uh, a pre-parvovirus, uh, something that another part that boosts their immune system so that when they go back in at six to eight weeks and they get the very first um, real vaccination of this temper and parvovirus, um, their bodies are, are good um, and healthy and are able to take the vaccination well. So from six, between six and eight weeks, they should get distemper and parvovirus with the optional vaccination of Bordetella. At 10 to 12 weeks, they should get their DHPP. And this is where things get a little confusing because, you know, sometimes there's an A in there. Um, but the DHPP is distemper, adrenovirus, hepatitis, parainfluenza, and then parvovirus. So this would be their second distemper and their second parvovirus. Um, so let me say that again. At 10 to 12 weeks, they get the DHPP. That's distemper, adrenovirus, which is basically hepatitis, but that's where the H comes from, parainfluenza, and parvovirus. Um, at this age, some Vets also like to give the influenza and leptospirosis and Bordetella, um, maybe even the Lyme's disease, depending on what kind of lifestyle you're leading um, and where you live and things of that nature. At 16 to 18 weeks, they get um, the DHPP again, which is distemper, adrenovirus, which is hepatitis, parainfluenza, and parvovirus and they can also at that point get the very first rabies vaccination and I highly recommend that 
Um, puppies especially are very curious. Whereas a big dog might see a raccoon and stand there and bark at it, a puppy doesn't know better and will run up to it, most likely. Um, which, you know, makes it even easier to bite, um, to be bitten for, by, a, by, a, by a raccoon. Sorry, I'm distracted. Um, so again, 16 to 18 weeks, the DHPP and the rabies. There's a couple of other ones in there that, the, that your vet might recommend, like the uh, leptospirosis and Bordetella, depending on your lifestyle, maybe even the Lyme's disease. Between 12 to 16 months, so a year, at a year old or so, they're going to get another DHPP um, and another rabies. At that time, they could also, again, get the leptospirosis, the Bordetella, the Lyme's disease, and believe it or not, um, there's a coronavirus uh, vaccination now for dogs as well. It's a little different from the coronavirus that people get. Um, and no, you cannot spread it to your dog and your dog cannot spread it to you, the canine one. Um, but anyway, so between 12 and 16 months, DHPP and again, the rabies. Um, and every one to two years after that, they should again get the DHPP. If you decided at the 12 month visit that they were gonna get the three years rabies vaccination if your state offers it, um, then that's something you need to be watchful for. Um, so in my state, like I said, you can get it every year or every three years. Um, I just choose to get it every year, even though it's a few dollars extra. Um, but it keeps me accountable when I'm in doing the other vaccinations. It's just easy to do it and easy to remember. Um, and then every year after that, all you really have to worry about then is the rabies. So um, I hope that um, all this has been very helpful to you. Um, how much do vaccinations for your puppy cost? Well, it depends on different things. It depends on where you live. Uh, how busy your vet's office is, if they have um, a, a fee just to walk through the door. Some vet's offices say, oh, there's a $49 fee just to walk through the door without even knowing what your problem is. Um, but no matter what the cost and the range of costs is, it is so important to get the vaccinations for your dogs and your puppies because once they get sick from something that was preventable, it's so much more money. Um, so the average cost generally, and like I said, I'm in the state of Illinois. Uh, I know that the West Coast is way more expensive, um, but the average cost I wanna say is probably about 75 to $100 for the core vaccinations from um, the six, the 12, and the 16 week old vaccination. So every time you go in, when the puppy is a puppy, it's gonna cost you probably about $100. Um, the other vaccination is usually, once your pup gets a little older, um, and then requires the, the rabies vaccination. The rabies vaccination here is anywhere from 15 to $20. Um, so it really just depends on your vet, but it's just so important, like I said, to get your dog in get them their vaccinations, and then not have to worry about it. Um, and then do the boosters. 
every year, every other year, every three years, whatever is required by your vet um, and in your state. It's so important. Like, yeah, it's great that you took care of them when they were a puppy and you gave them the vaccinations that they needed then. But then as an adult, they can get these things too. And probably even more so if you're taking them to dog parks and things like that, things that they weren't maybe exposed to as puppies. Um, or obedience classes or dog training or something like that where they're in touch with other dogs. So it's really important that um, that you get the vaccinations that are required by law um, across you know your state. Um, it is just so worth it. It's worth the peace of mind knowing that oh I'm gonna be around the other dogs at the beach today or I'm gonna be um, taking my dog to puppy classes or I'm going to be doing this or I'm going to be doing that or I'm just going camping with my dog and what if we run into you know another animal um, it's just so important that that they're treated and it's worth it um, for the effort and care your puppy um, will have a lifelong health um, and that to me is something that you cannot replace um, with, with anything. The peace of mind of knowing that your dog, um, just like your children, you send them off to school when they're five, six years old. You know, are they vaccinated? Will they get sick? Um, so it's just really important. And you know, as you spend those little bit of time outside of the house, going to the vet's office, maybe taking them to the park or whatever, um, that those are crucial um, physical growing and mental growing times. They learn a lot by going to places like the vet's office. They learn how to behave. They learn how to behave around other dogs and other people. And they learn how to behave and do things, um, getting on a scale, getting off the scale, going on the table. Um, so th those things can be learning experiences. So um, I hope that this podcast uh, episode was important to you. I hope that you learned something from it. Um, by all means, reach out www.thedefenderfarm.com or the Defender Farm at the Defender Farm, all one word, at gmail.com if you have any questions. Um, aside from that, we will end this podcast. I'm so glad that you listened, and I will have another one in a few days. Thanks.